Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. We are t- we're doing a double feature. It's a today. science fiction double feature. No, Aww. it's not. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> it's not, though. No, we are doing House of the Devil from 2009. And The Woman in Black from 2012. Um, but before we dive into any of that... I mean, we it's been so long since I've seen you. It's been like, a whole week. <laughs> almost, oh, yeah, over a week. Uh, what's new with you, Meredith? Uh, aside from just school and... Live, you know, living from day to day, <laughs> just trying to get by. Uh, I'm bringing it, bringing it to the classroom. I'm doing the kids are doing great. The parents are like really happy, but I come home just like collapsing. Oh, kind yeah. of. So yeah, I'm yeah. just so tired. And uh, but aside from that, I've it's spooky season. So I've been binging a lot of movies, even more than you usually do. <laughs> yeah. And shows. So we binged. Victor and I watched all of the fall of how of the House of Usher. Oh, how was it? So good. Was it, it was as good so as good. Haunting of Hill House? It's a contender. Okay, it's a contender. It was very well done. It was beautiful. It was frightening. It was gory. It was very well acted. He uses a lot of the same actors each series mm-hmm. that he does. And Mark Hamill was in this one this time. <gasps> Amazing. And as a, as a lawyer that's very like shady but like gets paid he he basically is the protector legal protector of the Usher family which is kind of like the Sackler family mm-hmm. in a way like that's kind of their real life kind of what the family is kind of like yeah. yeah um it was amazing i can't recommend it enough so nice. if you're in the mood for something sinister creepy beautiful the the villain is amazing i mm. love the villain so much that actress um she was in gerald's game um carla Carla Bugino. yes mm. and she's fantastic yeah and she's um, been in most of his projects too yeah yeah so, and when we say his we mean mike flanagan for anybody who's new mike around Flan- here his. hello Ugh, you don't know who his is <laughs> mike flanagan so i recommend it but aside from that i've been re-watching a lot of my scary stuff yeah. i watched all of I found my old favorite like zombie show from the BBC streaming oh, on YouTube. Oh yeah, nice. I remember you talking about that. So I found it the whole series. It's only like 6 episodes. Resumed is in it. It's mm-hmm. it's very like I think it came out in like the early aughts, like mm-hmm. 2008, 9 maybe. I'm not actually entirely sure, but it's not recent. Uh it was all streaming dead set and it's really fun and, mm-hmm. and crazy and don't expect like deep thought kind of <laughs> whatever. It's not like elevated horror, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked it a lot. And I also showed my daughter us. Oh, what did um, she think? She liked it. Yeah. She's like, this is, this is really good. And she's like shouting out at the the dad when he goes outside after their <laughs> the son's like, bat. yeah, after he's like, there's a family outside. She's like, no, don't go out, don't go out there. Listen to your wife. Yeah. It was really funny to watch her kind of take that React in. and everything. Yeah, Grace yeah. really likes um, Jordan Peele too, but yeah, we both, I mean, and I think that we talked about, um, oh God, what was the last one with the UFO? 
Nope. Nope. Yeah, we were both kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I honestly, that I have to say, like, that first scene lives rent-free in my head sometimes. Yeah. The beginning scene where they're on the, the show the set. show set with the monkey. Oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. and then the rest of it just lost yeah, me. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but... Taking us off topic, but yeah, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was really fun. Just, like, introducing your child to stuff that you really love is, mm-hmm. is really cool, so. Yeah. What have you been up to? What's new with you? Um, well, I mean, not introducing new stuff to Grace anymore. She she flies solo with all of that now, but occasionally I do hear about it because I guess she, um, you know, she's a freshman in high school this year, and so she has um, She doesn't made... wait for mommy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's made a new bestie, um that uh you know she just met this year that's on the volleyball team with her and um had just discovered a few weeks ago when she spent the night at that friend's house for the first time that that friend and that friend's whole family love scary movies love halloween like the holiday that's always lovely to have like kind of a nice connection yeah and, uh, um actually i mean you we should probably introduce you to these people because when i was talking to the mom about it she goes oh yeah halloween she's like halloween is bigger than christmas at our house and yep <laughs> um i'm as like well i can't relate be. to that but okay as um, it should be victor would not agree with that but he yeah. loves halloween too but um, but yeah, so when she slept over at this friend's house, she said the friend had never seen Scream, like the original Scream. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well then how much of a scary movie fan can she be? But then they watched Talk to Me together. Um, and <gasps> neither of them had seen it. And um, and so she really good. liked it. So it is, I mean, she, you know, she, I hear about when she watches these and I get to, you know, hear that she enjoyed them and everything. So that's kind of nice. I don't, I don't get to watch them with her often. Oh, although... We did. I can't remember if we watched the whole thing together, but the other night I was checking papers for school and I put on Trick or Treat, which I had never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew, I, you know, it wasn't obviously I'd never seen it, so I didn't have a strong motivation toward it. And I was like, I got to do this other thing anyway. I'm just going to put this on just yeah. so that I know what it's about, because that that little sackhead character is so endemic, like it's on so much merchandise and yeah. everything. You see um, it like kind of everywhere. Yeah. And, and like um the spirit Halloween the spirit store. Hall- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I put it on, and then it was just a little bit into it, and Grace um, came upstairs to eat dinner with me. And she's like, oh, what is this? And I told her, and she goes, oh, yeah. I, I was like, I've never seen it. She's like, I thought we had this, like, on DVD. And I was like, no, we don't have this. I've never seen this. And then, like, like 10 minutes would go by, and she's like, I swear you, we've watched this together. I was like, no, dude, I've never seen this movie. But she ended up um, staying for most of it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so a l- little bit of uh, a horror connection. Yeah, that's probably all I'll get this October, but I'll take it. That's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the flip side, though, yesterday um, I got to I went to the Oakland Zoo with um, two of my um, like best childhood best friends mm-hmm. that still live in the, that live now in the Bay Area, um, and they have little kids. Um, mm-hmm. So one of them has um, boys that are kinder and second, and then the other one has a kinder daughter and um, a one year old baby boy. Oh my gosh! Um, and so that's so I, wild. Like your old, your kids are older, and mm-hmm. mine are in middle school. So mm-hmm. it's just like really crazy to like to revisit that with friends, and you're like, whoa, yeah, this is a thing. This is wild. Like, yeah. So little. Um, and sometimes I feel like I just, I feel like I don't even know what to do anymore because it's, it's been so long. So you not, get out of habit. Or yeah. Of- not the, not so much the school age kids. Cause obviously like we interact with school age kids every single day. So right. that's very natural. Yeah, but yeah. Um, with the baby and he's the sweetest, smiliest, happiest baby on the planet. But like when I'm carrying him, I'm like terrified. I'm going to drop him. Like I hold him fully with both arms. <laughs> like I'm gonna, <laughs> just like be- a loaf of bread. And exactly, you're, at, you're exactly. in the mess and you're like, no, 
I can take my bread. (laughs) I must keep my bread. Um, But it it was pretty great to to spend that time with them and to be with with little ones. And like, you know, when the little girl was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And her mom's like there holding the baby. And she's like, well, okay, you're going to have to wait. And I'm like, I'll take her. I'll take Mm -hmm. her to the bathroom. I can help. I can do things. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just, you know. Make sure no one gets kidnapped. No yeah. one gets wanders off into a monkey reserve or whatever the, the monkey, <laughs> monkey <shop>. reserve. <laughs> now yeah. you see it like hear about that like kids falling into falling into the pits. <laughs> into yeah, the pits with the monkeys. Um, <laughs> yeah, gorillas. That uh, so really we, we brought home all four kids. They they Good. they sur- all survived the trip to the zoo. So perfect. That, that was pretty fun. Sounds like a successful trip. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Oh, yeah. So Um, we're going to we can start with uh, your film choice. Yep. I'm starting with House of the Devil. And I I really enjoyed this movie. It's one of it's Ty West's breakout successful movie. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to make X and um, Pearl Pearl and Maxine and all these other movies. And he was in in, um, Keepers. Oh, oh, um, you're next. You're next. He was, he was in there for a minute. He, he played a pretentious filmmaker. filmmaker. <laughs> I do underground documentaries. And I wear a scarf he, to the dinner table. Like a, yeah, he had a big infinity scarf. <laughs> I was like, I love you. <laughs> so it starts with a title card saying, during the 1980s, over 70% of American adults believed in the existence of abusive and satanic cults. Another 30% rationalized the lack of evidence Due to government cover-ups, the following is based on true, unexplained events. So the open, opening scene is most shows us um, mostly an empty kitchen. It looks like it's being packed up. There's a young woman, Samantha, looking out of the window who looks like she's contemplating. Another woman who is our wonderful Wallace, D. Wallace, D. Wallace. from alumni uh, Cujo E.T., E.T.'s mom, basically, <laughs> The Hills Have Ice, and The Howling, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Tells her she she can tell she likes the place. She I guess she's a real estate agent, and that she seems like Samantha seems like a reliable tenant. Samantha seems like she's about to ask about the deposit and the fees, and the real estate agent says she would waive it for her that she just needs first month's rent, and she makes the comment her own daughter had a hard time finding an apartment, and it could be hard getting all of that kind of money um, in college, and yeah. you know so when you're starting out. So they included the opening titles. It's very 1980s, uh, as our main character walks back to her college campus. Samantha goes back to her dorm and sees that her roommate has a sock on the door handle, and she's like, it's morning. Why? (laughs) And you hear, like, moaning and groaning inside. (laughs) So Samantha begs her roommate to let her in, and she walks out irritated because it's morning. She's sick of this shit, basically. Yeah. And as a viewer, we can tell that she's been dealing with this malarkey for a long time. Yeah, clearly why she is looking for a place of her own. She's like, fuck this. This is rotten. So... She walks by a message board with a handwritten ad for a babysitter. She calls the number at a payphone and leaves a message for an answering machine. She leaves her dorm room phone number. And then the payphone immediately starts ringing. And a man on the other end asks to meet her where he dropped off the advertisement at her university. So she agrees to go. She's not really sure 
how her, the man got the payphone number. Yeah. Because she's like, how did you get the... This oh, is okay. pre-Star uh, yeah. 69 era. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I think I want to say around 1983. So my birth year. Um, yeah. A yeah, while I was ago. like, <laughs> yeah, they, at first I was like, oh, the coloration is like so 70s and everything. And then I'm like, and their hair is so 70s. And she's got a Walkman with cassette tapes. And these are rotary dial phones. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, this is, yeah, not it was, set it, in modern era. Right. It was like, sh- it was shot to get that kind of effect on 16 millimeter film to mm-hmm. kind of make it that kind of vibe. Yeah, like, actually look like an mm-hmm. older film. Yeah. So she agrees to meet him because um, she really needs the money. She wants to get out of her dorm and mm-hmm. into her own place. Samantha, she enters her, her dorm room to retrieve some items, including her backpack, and the room is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't look like the type of person, in my opinion, and I think the viewer's opinion, this is, doesn't seem like her. Yeah. So um, well, you can kind of see like the the roommate's half of the room and her half of the yeah. room and like the roommate laying in bed with it, the like, guy. Squalor. Yeah. And the guy's like winking at her and you're like, everyone Ugh. here is scummy and gross. And I feel like I could get Mercy just walking into that side of the room, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so she goes to meet the man um, and waits and waits. And she's like waiting on the steps. Uh, he does not show up after she waits for what seems like. I think probably an hour at least. Yeah. You know, a long time. So she finally gives up and she goes to have dinner with her bestie, her pal Megan, who's played by Greta Gerwig, Barbie director, Greta, Greta Gerwig. And they discuss uh, her. Okay. And childhood acquaintance of mine. Let's not forget that. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, so then they discuss her financial situation. She has about $50 in her checking account. And a check to write for her new apartments on Monday. She's she's in dire straits. Her friend offers to get money from her dad, uh, but Samantha says no. She's like, I'll I'll figure it out. So she trudges back to her gross dorm room. One half is absolutely disgusting. Her side is clean and organized. Um, and she wants out of there. It seems like she'll kind of go at, at, to like any I length. Found this on the web. Whoa. <laughs> Meredith's watch Sorry, wants to be on the podcast. My phone's uh, blurting out. Okay. She just seems like she'll do anything to get out of living in that situation. Right. So she does what any young woman would do in this predicament, and she goes to the bathroom to cry. (laughs) (laughs) And she turns on all All the the faucets. This is 1983. Water is not finite. Right. Well, and they're clearly not in California either, which, you know, our perception, and Texas, our perception of wasting water is dramatically different than people, like, in the Midwest or the Northeast. (laughs) You're like, water's everywhere. Look, there's water over there. They're like, we wish water would stop falling from the sky (laughs) in various forms. (laughs) So she turns back to her dorm room and her scummy roommate tells her that, I don't like a roommate, I'm sorry, tells her that man called and for her and left his number. She calls him back and he answers. He apologizes for not showing up. He offers her double the rate with, for babysitting, which is $100 in 1983 money. That's insanely... Yeah. And I think um, she needed 300 for the I, first yeah. month's rent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of money and he says he's you know, he he's like, he seems apologetic. He's like, I'm really sorry a lot of stuff come, came up. I couldn't make it over there and um, so she gives him the benefit of the doubt, and he says she's saving him. She jots down his address for the babysitting gig. And I also have to mention that there are ads and information around the campus for the impending lunar eclipse that's going to happen that same night. Yeah. So you see that also kind of um, a little bit of foreshadowing. This is a big event that's happening the same night she's going to this babysitting gig. Megan gives Amanda the ride to the house and offers to go babysitting with 
Samantha. Um, Meg, Megan shows Samantha all of the ripped down babysitter ads. She's like, I'm a good friend. And that guy was a total jerk who stood you up. So she just seems like she has her back. And, yeah. Um, you know, she wants to make sure everything's on the up and up yeah. with these people she's going to, to babysit for. She continues to beg Samantha to let her tag along for the gig. Samantha tells her, she's like, I'll, we'll just see how it goes and, mm-hmm. and figure it out. So they arrive at a secluded house in the country and a very tall, soft-spoken man, Mr. Ullman, he enters the door, played by Tom Noonan from Manhunter. He's amazing. I yeah. love him. He was also in Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a very tall, imposing very soft spoken yeah. figure so I, I really like it. It's almost like a lurch character where his size should make him intimidating but mm-hmm. his demeanor typically it does not is like non-threatening. Yes it's very like I don't know like a contrast there yeah. Mm-hmm. So he asks Samantha if Megan's gonna stay he makes it clear he does not want her friend there too. Yeah. And then at this point Mr. Ullman finally tells Samantha that they do not have young children and she would need to care for his wife wife's elderly mother. He tells her that he had no luck placing an ad for an elder for elderly assistant or assistance. He makes the case that just like it's just like regular babysitting and then it's not entirely dishonest. Samantha wants to leave. She's like, this is too many red flags. I'm going to yeah, go. No, you I'm lied. Like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He stood her up. Now he's lying, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, but he's being super nice he's and he's so nice. apologetic. And it's very sympathetic, like, because it's about, does he say at that point that it's like they, it's because they want to go view the eclipse and they've yeah. been trying to find someone to care for the mother so that he and his wife can go do that. Right. And um, he, he's like, she's very capable his, yeah, the, yeah. his mother-in-law but you won't have he, to do anything yeah. really yeah and he's like this is just really in if an emergency happens yeah. that someone's here in the house and she's not by herself so at this point she tries to go and mr ullman finally gives her 300 dollars, and samantha asks um for 400 megan leaves in a huff and samantha walks out with her megan is worried for her friend and wants her to back out but samantha needs the money she promises to come pick her up at 12 30 um, so Megan pulls over in her idling car. She tries to light a cigarette. She leaves in a huff. She's like, yeah. this is stupid. Why are you doing this? And then Samantha's like, this is too good to be true. Like, I'll have enough. I can't for, pass this up. I can't yeah. pass this up. And she's like, did you ever think that it is too good to be true? Like, mm-hmm. something's not right. Yeah. Um, and you're not seeing this. And but she's, she's like, I know you're trying to be a good friend, but I'm going to stay. Yeah. So Megan leaves. She pulls over in her idling car and she tries to light a cigarette and opens, rolls down her window because she's driving a Volvo and <laughs> rolls it down. Suddenly a bearded man offers her a light and he kind of came out of nowhere and scares the crap out of her. Yeah. He asks her if she's the babysitter and as soon as she says she is not, he shoots her in the head and kind of rolls off, gets into the car and kind of rolls it off. Yeah. Which is kind of, you don't really expect that, kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. Because you think, like, he's there to, like, hit on her or something, you know, because mm-hmm. she's, like, this beautiful young woman, and he just shows up, Very like, hey, I've got faucet, a... blonde hair, yeah, and yeah, totally. you're like, oh, this is, oh, God. <laughs> Wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So, while at the house, Mr. Ullman hands Samantha some money and explains that there is a pizza place phone number on the fridge, and that his wife's mother will be fine, she can do things for herself. Her husband goes upstairs, and uh, Samantha hears him saying that it's all under control, and that after tonight, everything will be all right. Samantha seems kind of weirded out, 
that his wife emerges from a different area than upstairs. And Mrs. Ullman tells her that she is a godsend and they have kind of an awkward conversation. She's like, you're so beautiful. And she just seems like she doesn't really feel comfortable with that kind of attention. Yeah. She's like, oh, um, the boys must go crazy for you. Like that's, I feel like that's something people used to say to young women that now we recognize is like kind of creepy or inappropriate. Yeah. But like in 83, probably. Yeah. Like it would be perceived as a compliment or something, especially like from a woman. How would that be threatening? Older woman. Yeah. 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 So Mr. and Mrs. Ullman leave and Samantha's left in a large and quiet home pretty much on her own. Uh, So Samantha called and they leave in a Volvo, I might add also. It's like a red Volvo that um, Megan points out because she drives a Volvo as well. She's like, oh, look, Volvo. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's pointed out for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just know. A little that more really foreshadowing <laughs> there. <laughs> so Samantha calls Megan and her jokey message answering mach- on the answering machine keeps picking up. It's like, hello. And then it's like, just kidding. Not, I'm not just here. Kidding, I'm not here. <laughs> Mr. Allman tells her that she, oh wait, Mrs. Allman tells her that she is a godsend and they have an awkward conversation. Mr. And Mrs. Allman leave and Samantha is left in a large and quiet home pretty much on her own, except for the elderly uh, mother-in-law. That is allegedly upstairs. (laughs) We have not seen her. We have not seen her. So um, Samantha calls Megan, like I said, and ah, now I remember she and Megan and she has a joking message. She's not picking up. Samantha's wondering kind of why Megan is not home yet. So Samantha calls the number for the pizza place and places an order for a medium pizza. She goes around and explores the house. There are a lot of still shots of the interior of the home. Many shots are dark and we can see the moonlight shining into the home. Samantha sits at a desk, rifles through drawers. She continues exploring. It looks like these people are very wealthy yeah it's Um, a really big house mm -hmm. with really yeah nice furnishings and yes um see she keeps looking out of the window which as a viewer makes her makes us feel her kind of her unease and that she's secluded also yeah Yeah. Uh, and then there's a lot of shots like zooming in on her which is very like kind of 1980s Mm -hmm. that kind of style of um movie making or or films you would you would (laughs) thrown this into the mix to maybe do for our secluded settings uh theme last summer huh yeah i i I was like it's a weird country house situation yeah (laughs) um so then there she eventually grows bored of exploring she takes out her books to study she takes another peek out of the window and turns on the news which is reporting on the eclipse the night drags on and there's a montage to one of the one thing leads to another as Sam, she listens on her little disc command, or not even a disc command. Yeah, no, her, her, her Walkman. Her Walkman. Um, as she plays pool, she dances to the house. She accidentally knocks over a nice looking vase. She has to sweep up the mess. She opens, opens up a closet revealing fur coats and a bag of family photos. Um, and she remarks that when um, Mrs. Ullman emerged from what looks like the basement, she um, Mrs. Ullman said, oh, we keep our fur- my furs down- downstairs. Mm-hmm. And she kind of whispers to herself, like, oh, I thought her furs were downstairs. Yeah. Um, so one of the, she goes through the family photos. One of them is a family posing in front of their family car. And it's not Mr. and Mrs. Ullman. No. And who doesn't um, keep their family photos in a sack on the floor of the closet? Yeah, very uh, suspect. So it's not them. It's a family of a mom, a dad, and a kid standing in front of the house in their Volvo. Yeah, (laughs) their red Volvo. (laughs) Yeah, really weird. At this point, she goes outside onto the porch. She's looking at the photograph. She sees a van parked outside, kind of of far into the distance. Yeah. uh, But she can see it. Um, the viewer can see the feet of of a man and a cigarette being dropped and stepped on kind of near that area. Mm -hmm. So you... 
we kind of know she's being watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Samantha tries calling Megan again. Of course she does not pick up. We know why she's not picking <laughs> up. Um, she's definitely shaken. She grabs a large knife for protection. She goes to the bathroom and hears thumping in the house. So she takes her knife with her to go investigate. She calls out for um, Mr. and Mrs. Allman's mother because there is supposedly another person in the house. So yeah, it wouldn't so be that weird. For there to be noises. Yeah, if but maybe she around. needs help, you know. Right. So she kind of walks around, tries to see what's going on. She approaches a door and asks, is everything all right in there? And at this point, it's revealed that inside of the room is the family from the photograph dead. And there are satanic markings on the carpet. They're kind of all butchered. Yeah, um, like laying in the middle of a pentagram mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, and their hair's shaved off and mm-hmm. stuff like crazy stuff. She does not enter the room. And just as she is about to enter the, um, the attic, um, she kind of is kind of walking up there, but then the doorbell chimes and it scares the shit out of her. <laughs> she <laughs> opens the door, takes the pizza um, from the pizza guy and throws money at him and turns around and, you know, goes back inside. You don't, it doesn't show the pizza guy. Mm-hmm. And then a moment later, we see that it's the same man who killed Megan who handed her a pizza. Yeah. He casually looks at the house and we see that the moon is gradually disappearing from the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Samantha calls Megan. No one answers. Again, she calls the police and then she just hangs up. She turns on the TV. She grabs some pizza. She eats only a few bites and it has like a weird kind of flavor. And she goes to rinse her mouth out at the sink. Um, she throws the pizza in the trash and it seems like the, like I said, the pizza has a weird undertaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, a la Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she finds... Um, Hold on, let me go back. Sam hears more noises. She decides to go upstairs. At this point, she finds tons of hair in the bathtub, just like yeah, the shaved off hair in there. Really and she's gross. like, that's really, she's kind of horrified. She hears another noise. She goes further up into the attic. The lights go off and she is sitting at the closed door to the attic. Someone approaches and Samantha is very freaked out. She sees some gnarly hands opening the door and then she passes out from what is most likely that that pizza and I put in my notes Rosemary's baby chocolate mousse style (laughs) (laughs) Um, Samantha wakes up she's tied up on a pentagram with candles and she's also gagged Mr. and Mrs. Ullman emerge wearing black robes so does the man who killed Megan and then a weird looking kind of crone emerges wearing (laughs) black robes as well she's doing strange blood ritual on Samantha on her belly she pours um Blood in her mouth. Everyone looks really stoked watching this. They're oh, like, yeah. Yes, they're this having, is, I'm they're so happy. really pumped. <laughs> Samantha gets out of the ropes and she handily stabs Mr. Ullman. She gouges the young man's eye. She runs away and discovers her, her dead friend. She gets shot in the shoulder and she manages to slit the young guy's throat. She's on the run in the house, but something is taking a hold of her um, as some strange blue veins start to appear on her stomach. Mrs. Ullman tells her that it can't be stopped and it's going to work in spite of her. Samantha stabs her in the back and manages to kill her. She's trying to leave and grabs the gun. She runs outside. She's screaming, but there are some scary images that keep kind of flashing in her brain, kind Mm -hmm. of, um, and stopping her dead in her tracks. And it seems to kind of paralyze her. And it's also really painful. And Mr. Ullman runs after her and tells her that he he has chosen her and that it's her destiny to accept him. I'm guessing this is Satan. Of course. (laughs) Who else? He looks at the moon and says that it's only moments away now. Samantha takes the gun and she shoots herself in the head as she realizes what's happening to her. And Mr. Alban screams, no, no, no. Like, he seems very upset. 
Um, so then now cut to the hospital where we see a young woman wrapped in bandages, a head wound, is recovering in the hospital. A nurse appears and whispers, poor thing, don't worry. You're going to be fine, both of you. And she pats her stomach. <gasps> and that's the end of House of the Devil. Mm. Is this where I say, do you think it was scary? Or are we going to do your recap? Uh, oh, I don't know. We didn't decide. Well... Um, I, I can answer Let's that. Let's just talk about it. Okay. Um, I actually, so I made a, a, a bad alarming joke to Meredith when I was here last weekend about my feelings about this movie. Um, I actually did think that the, um, closing sequence, um, was very scary. Uh, but the first two thirds of the movie literally put me to sleep. I oh, fell no. asleep watching them. <laughs> um, and it's because, I mean, it was... It was going old school, it's old style horror. The, yeah, it's definitely the definition of a slow, slow burn. burn. <laughs> right. Um, you know, building suspense, laying groundwork, all the foreshadowing, um, just the, the creepy situation to set you up for this kind of like explosive uh, sequence of events at the end where a lot of stuff happens very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I like I, I had fallen asleep and then I can't... Um, I can't remember exactly which part it was that I kind of like woke up for and then and then she was on the pentagram herself and so like I woke up the rest of the way and I was like oh oh wait something's happening ah. <laughs> and so and I really enjoyed the last part of the movie um so maybe if I hadn't been like watching it in bed, <laughs> that would have been less like, likely to happen. Fluff my pillow, fluff my pillow, and get cozy under my comforter, and just take a little snooze, and then wonder why I for all this exposition. <laughs> um, so I think I think it was really well done. I think that it's a really a high quality piece of work. Um, but if you're somebody that is not there for slow burns, oh, um, yeah. you're you're not. I don't think you're gonna like it. I definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I you you wouldn't even make it past the first like thirty minutes or, t- right. or twenty minutes even. No, just like the sequence yeah. of her on campus, mm-hmm. like that whole like thing. It's just like, oh my god, like nothing's happening. Why mm-hmm. is nothing happening? I think <laughs> I think you're right. I, it depends on what kind of viewer you are. If right. you want something that's like every ten minutes, someone's getting murdered. Yeah. Then you're going to be. Do you have ADHD? <laughs> you will not like this. It's you not, will not like this It's movie. definitely not everyone's cup of tea. I, I think that that's what, I mean, it's very, it makes sense that I would like this movie mm-hmm. because I really love um, When a Stranger Calls, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, 20 minutes, the first of nothing happening, mm-hmm. really. Just weird little calls. And, yeah. and you're like, what the heck? And then finally there's the big reveal, right? Right. Um, and then also Rosemary's Baby. You're right. like, this is really strange, but nothing's really happening mm-hmm. except everyone's like, you're fine. Don't don't ask questions. Don't read books. And you're like, huh. And, like, it was really hard to be a woman in the 70s. Right. Nobody and, wanted you to read anything. Yes. And then then there's the big reveal. So yeah. I think... It's I your really, style. It's my style. I really like it. And um, I, I find the setting really cool. And there's a lot of fun. And how the look of everything yeah. it was intentionally Visually, done, yeah. and um, you know you, you, she she goes and she kills these people handily, but you realize that they are not trying to hurt her mm-hmm. because their end game 
is maybe in to sacrifice themselves in this endeavor, getting right. Satan born, reincarnated, yeah, born yeah, yeah. again. So you watch it and you're like, everyone's really, really weak. What's going on? Oh. Yeah, why is she winning this battle? Yeah, and then you were like, oh, well, they're not trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. They're trying to subdue her. Right. Um, you know, and you kind of make that realization. You're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so well, I think um, that main <laughs> actress, um, uh, Jocelyn Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a really, really great job. She like at the very beginning, I was like, okay, what do I know that face from? And she was in the Insidious movies. Mm-hmm. She's as, a mom. Yeah, she's young, young Lorraine. Mom. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, obviously, she like she is beautiful. Um, and she's obviously like a pretty like cool, savvy, smart chick, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she she plays the role really, really well. Right. And so, it, yeah. and it is cool to have that end scene where she is, um, like, she's successfully fighting back. Mm-hmm. Like you say, when she gouges that guy's eyes out, you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. somebody's mom told her, like, what to do if a guy comes up to you in an alley because yes. she does not even hesitate. Yeah, and the, the son, it was, he was um, on the cast he was tagged as being their son okay mrs elman's like adult son yeah that was a satanist as well so he was like really pissed at her obviously and Mm -hmm. he shoots her but like in the shoulder he intentionally is not trying to kill her Mm -hmm. also so everyone's willing the old crow she's like oh bummer you you killed me but i got but i got the thing in you yeah yeah so i love it i like the slow bird build i like the we see inside that room, we see the, I like the little hints of, oh, there's a Volvo, that's weird. And mm-hmm. um, so I think it's it's fun. I, I really enjoy that kind of movie. And um, I'll probably watch it every few years. It's it's a good one. And yeah. it has like a really big cult following out as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I think mostly it's stylistic, mm-hmm. people who really enjoy that. But yeah. Um, would I show this to my daughter? I think she'd be leaving within 30 minutes. Yeah. She'd be like, this is really boring. Yeah, with that one, like, you just have to maybe, like, skip, like, watch the first, you know, hour on, like, fast forward. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then just tell her, like, okay, you need to know this, you need to know this, and you need to know this. Okay, now we'll start watching here. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, I think I also watched on YouTube, it was um, a a blogger, vlogger, YouTuber, whatever, Mm -hmm. um... I don't want to misgender this person, and I can't recall their name, but if you just search for House of the Devil review, and it's he he or she, sorry, I don't want to, I can't mm-hmm. remember the name, but they did a really good recap and um, included their reactions, and it was so delightful. Really? I really liked it. It was just really funny, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone, I may, maybe we'll find the name later and, and share that, because it's a hoot. But yeah. you want to watch it first before you watch that, because you'll have spoilers if you care about that true but, but i mean if, right. you've, if you're listening to this episode you've already gotten all the spoilers well that's your problem <laughs> okay so women in black woman in black so yeah this one um got put on our docket because um one of our social media followers scott marshall jr had suggested um these movies uh well, there are two of them although i'm really only going to talk about the first one today and um and it's kind of a reversal of House of the Devil where, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. Meredith, not so much. Um, but it is, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of look for any parallels or connections between these uh, two films once I'm done. Um, because they are <laughs> dramatically different in, in every way. Yes. Every way. Um, but so Woman in Black, uh, the first one came out in 2012. Um, and it was, I feel like I remember it being the first... 
um, non-Harry Potter effort that Daniel Radcliffe did. It was. Yeah, it was, um, his, it was his first film after Harry Potter came to an end. Yeah, and people were like, oh my god, it's Harry Potter it's in a Harry. horror movie. Yes. Yeah. And it was very different from what he was known for being in. So. Yeah, and, that, and that's a challenge. Like, A, it's a challenge being a child actor that grows up on screen and then trying to establish yourself as an adult performer and then to be like one of the most iconic film series characters ever. Yes. And then be like, now I'm someone else. And you're like, no, you're not Harry. Stop it. (laughs) You silly goose. Alohomora. But then uh, it also has Kieran Hines in it, who is um, a pretty recognizable um, UK actor. Mm -hmm. Um, with a you know delightful face, delightful voice, delightful presence, mm-hmm. um, he he has um, an important role as well. And it's um, it's a period piece. It's uh, you know like House of the Devil, <laughs> only this one is set in the Edwardian era in England, um, which like they estimate like the nineteen teens, like somewhere yeah. in that in that range. I kept saying Victorian era because everything looks Victorian. Yeah. But, but maybe, like, the, maybe the house was. Yeah, you it know. likely was, because so. the house obviously was very old when yes. the events of the movie took place. Right, right. Um, but we're still, you know, high collars, horse-drawn carriages. Like, there's some motor cars, but, you know, it, it's the an era of transition from, like, mm-hmm. old-timey lifestyles to more some more modern elements. Right, yeah. Um, so it opens on a tea party. Mm-hmm. Uh, three little girls in these old-style Edwardian dresses play until their gaze is singularly drawn to something unknown we don't see as the viewer um and then they turn and look to the wide windows of the nursery that they're in in unison they climb to the sill of the window open the windows and jump out and then we hear the screams of a mother below so you're like oh 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 shit (laughs) like right out the gate mass little girl suicide okay yeah this is so different from house of the devil slowly walking around on campus three little girls jump out the window yeah in the first 40 seconds we Ah. have three deaths (laughs) you're like oh good oh yikes i'm not falling asleep under my comforter watching this movie (laughs) certainly not (laughs) um and so uh now the opening credits begin and under that are images telling the story of a wedding a pregnancy and then um at the end of that it takes us to the nearly suicidal husband and father who lost that wife in childbirth Mm -hmm. um so this father is harry potter i mean arthur kipps Mm -hmm. um a a london lawyer who is leaving his now four-year-old little boy um to go on a work trip but the plan is for the nanny to bring the son to join him um at his work destination on the job at the end of the week Mm -hmm. the job is to visit the eel marsh house um, and execute the will of the recently dead Mrs. Alice Drablo. Uh, we learn that Mrs. Drablo had a son who died as a child many years ago. Mm-hmm. On the train out to the village um, and the house, he meets Sam Daly, who is the Kieran Hines character. He's a rich and helpful fellow who invites Arthur to supper the next night. Arthur gets a chilly welcome from Fisher, who's the innkeeper um, in, in the village, uh, and ends up shoved in the attic room, um, which we soon can see is the room that the three girls leapt from in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. So these were the innkeeper and his wife's daughters that, mm-hmm. that had died at some point in the past. Um, and photographs around the room um, show such, show the family together with the three girls um, and the innkeeper and his wife. Uh, the next day, the locals continue to be hostile toward Arthur and the local solicitor, which is, you know, their uh, antiquated term for lawyer out there. I don't know if they still use that for lawyer in England. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seems it, it seems quaint to me. 
Um, but that's because I'm an American. We're an American. Um, We're Americans. <laughs> well, they still say like barrister. We're like, what? That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wear like wigs in court. I don't know. Yeah. Different place. Charming. Different place. Charming. Um, so the local solicitor is giving Arthur the bum's rush to return to London. Like, you don't need to go out to the house. Here's all the papers you need. Get the hell out of here. We already got your bag. We we packed your stuff for you without telling you. Put it in the wagon. Paid the guy to take you back to the train station. Get the hell out of our village. Basically, he's like, GTFO. Yeah, exactly. We got exactly. It. And he's like, um, no, dog. No, he's like, I have do. a job to do. Um, so he's determined yeah. to visit the house as planned. Um, and he uh, has to pay a whopping six shillings to get get the carriage driver to take him there. Which is thousands, thousands of today's of dollars. Money. I have no idea. I made that up. Um, okay, so another parallel to House of the Devil is having to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get somebody to do something for you. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Stay with our mother during an eclipse. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll give you $400. <laughs> Zoinks. Um, okay, so the location of the house is supremely bizarre out in the middle of an enormous marsh with one raised road um, out leading out to it that disappears um, under every high tide. Mm-hmm. Um, surrounding The house is surrounded by trees that hide a small graveyard. It's perfectly spooky. Uh, inside is even better. It's cluttered with junk, coated with dust and oh cobwebs. God. Like, this setting I, is I just... I totally live there. Oh, no, I know, right? I'm like, it, sign me up. It's like Haunted Mansion, but not Disney. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want to live there. And that's another, you know, the parallel between this and House of the Devil is that is that setting of a, a big spooky house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the um, the one in House of the Devil is like obviously very lived in, very, you know, clean and elegant and well furnished. And this is like very, maybe that house 100 years later. Very unkempt. And- <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very messed up. Black water coming out of the tap. Like we're not we're not looking forward to mm-hmm. spending time here. Right. Um, so Arthur begins to go through Mrs. Drablow's papers, uh, comes across the death certificate for her son, Nathaniel. It says that he died at age seven. He drowned in the marsh and the body was not recovered. Mm-hmm. And I put, oh, what's that? Footsteps upstairs. Oy. <laughs> Up he goes with an oil lamp for a long, slow, spooky walk down the creepy, clearly haunted halls. Um and and this is kind of like you know when we see Sam's character like going through houses like just just that exploring these large strange houses and the the door here and the hallway there and and you're you know she had electric lights he doesn't he has his oil lamp but just that um, that how that puts you on edge of that sensation of an unfamiliar place that is big and empty um, it's it's just downright creepy yeah yeah um, and then Arthur looks from an upstairs window and sees in the trees a woman in black Mm. (laughs) who is there and then suddenly gone. He goes outside to look and is drawn into the impenetrable fog covering the marsh by the sounds of screams and a rushing carriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Arthur doesn't see the source of these noises, but we get a glimpse of what is clearly like a flashback or an apparition of the accident where Nathaniel died. Um, And then suddenly Arthur's own carriage driver appears to take him back to town. Arthur, when he gets back to town, Arthur reports seeing the woman to the constable. And while he's there, um, a little girl comes in um, who has drunk lye and is coughing up blood. I love that her brothers who walked her in say, our mom was out. So immediately, what do you do when your mom's out? You drink lye. Like that totally explains the fact (laughs) that she did this. Shot, 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 (laughs) shot, drinking lye. 
Like we tried to tell her to stop, but she's a lush. <clears throat> oh gosh. Um, and so you know, naturally, she Wait, was uh, like kind of a, a common household cleaner yeah. back then. I think yeah. I felt like it was, but yeah. I couldn't recall. But okay. Well, and also I think when you made, if you had to make your own soap, it's an yeah. ingredient in making okay. soap. I, I couldn't recall. Remember where. I've heard why of, why it would be there? I know, yeah, and now I'm it's like, just for burying bodies. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh no, that's lime. Lime, and then Not but lie. like there's like salt, which I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. if that's probably remotely a yeah probably the or, original origin of that company name. Right, right. Um, but you know the little girl does die, um, and after the death, Mrs. Fisher, the innkeeper's wife, tries again to get Arthur to return to London. But no, he heads to his supper date at Mr. Daly's home, where he immediately learns that Mr. Daly's son also died in childhood. Yeah. They are joined at the dinner oh. table by two small dogs that I are know. clearly the loony Mrs. Daly's replacements for she her calls dead them son. The twins. The twins. She's like, well, the, the twins will be joining us. And she brings them in and they're in little sailor suits and she puts them in high chairs at the table. <laughs> and her husband's like, <laughs> it's, it's all good. I'm not embarrassed about this, this is at totally all. <laughs> fine. Um, and then she proceeds to have a fit during dinner, carving, um, you know, in a, in a frantic uh, panic into the table. And Mr. Daly summons. Quote, the medication, which is clearly ether. Like, they just cover her nose and mouth with a mm-hmm. cloth until she passes out. Yeah. Like, and he's like, shh, go to sleep, go yeah. to sleep. <laughs> he's like, get the medicine. And then that's what they do. Hey, different like, times. Different times, man. And really... It's And, you know, with marriage, you get to do that. He, he, he clearly has the right. You just have to subdue your woman. Yeah, that's sometimes she just loses it. We, we don't want the children to see it. Those poor dogs. <laughs> Those poor dogs. They've had enough <laughs> trauma. <laughs> right, they they have to wear those little suits all day long. <laughs> Too much drama. Oh yeah, um, that's so that's crazy. Yeah, and then later in the evening too, like he walks, uh, Arthur walks past a nursery and sees her like rocking one of the dogs to sleep in a cradle. Oh. And he's like, yikes! You know what? Those dogs have a nice life. <laughs> they do. I mean, there's people that treat dogs like that nowadays because <laughs> they can't afford. <laughs> she kids. was before her time. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she had to make those sailor suits her own. Now we can just get them on Amazon. <laughs> just two day delivery. Yeah. yeah. Different um, times. Okay. So the next day that we learn that the locals are up in arms, they're blaming Arthur uh, for the little girl's death. They say, you saw the woman up at the house. So Kind of stirred up trouble. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they definitely think that the reason this little girl died was because Arthur went to the house. Yeah. Um, kind of exacerbated the situation. Right. Um, so Daly dismisses all the other locals' um, statements as superstitious rubbish, but does get triggered when they bring up his own son. Mm-hmm. And so we're like realizing uh, like these children's deaths are, um, they, they believe that they're all connected, um, but Daly doesn't. Um, so Daly ends up taking Arthur um, out to the house in his car. He's the only man in, in the village, the only person in the village that actually has an automobile uh, because he's the richy rich guy. Um, and uh, so he takes he drives Arthur out to the house where Arthur plans to work through the night. And Daly's like, I mean, OK. And he uh, very generously leaves his dog with Arthur for company. I love the dog. And the dog is. And that, I mean, honestly, that that was a very generous thing to do, because like how much better does that make you feel if you're like yeah. alone all night in this big empty house to have an animal with you? That's like, smart and seems yeah, like a good, yeah. a good boy. Not a cat. A cat would just immediately run off and be like, like, I'm going to make friends with that ghost. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and Daly also uh, cautions Arthur not to go chasing shadows yeah. as he's in the house overnight. 
Uh, so he, Arthur, he's like it's superstition, but also watch out for that lady. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Arthur lights every candle in the house. Um, there is one room that no key that he has will open. Um, and then um, while working and going through papers, at one point he sees a hand smack onto the other side of a milk glass door window and the silhouette of a child's head, um, which, of course, you know, causes him to you know, take those other long, slow, creepy walks throughout the house looking for the sources. Um, so there's uh, more creepiness as he works and he explores inside and outside of the house. Um including the the graveyard in the the woods outside the house. Um, and he discovers um, from all this paperwork that Nathaniel was actually the son of Alice's sister, Jeanette, whom Alice had had declared unfit. So basically, Jeanette had this babe, this little boy, and her sister was like, nope, you're crazy. I'm going to lock you up and take your boy and raise him as my own. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but Alice stole, I mean, adopted the boy. <laughs> um, and then, in addition, she refused to let Jeanette see him. Um Arthur's learning all of this through the documents and angry letters that he's finding from Jeanette. Um, So obviously, like, she's writing to her sister, like, how can you do this to me? Um, You know, I'll never, you know, forgive you. And this is just uh, untenable. Um, And then Arthur also finds the record of Jeanette's suicide by hanging in the nursery of the Eel Marsh house. Mm hmm. So after um, after Nathaniel's death, Jeanette blamed Alice for it. Yeah. Obviously, you saved yourself. You didn't even try to save him. You didn't even get him out of the marsh. Um, and then once Nathaniel is dead, um, Jeanette kills herself in his nursery. Well, honestly, she has a point. It's you, valid. You, you All valid just... points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to steal you... someone's kid, at least keep it alive. Right? right? Like, you are just crap. Yeah, you're a real, <laughs> real piece of shit. <laughs> Um, So then there's a theme that had this thumping scene that I found reminiscent of The Haunting, like that one, like very memorable scene from the original and the remake of The Haunting with just the pounding on the walls Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night that there's like, it's, it's not, it's not artful. I mean, The Haunting of Hill House where it's like pounding or like the... No, well, The Haunting of Hill House is based on those movies called The Haunting. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, uh, did they put that element, did Mike Flanagan put that element in the miniseries too? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's in both the the, um, original from the 60s and the remake from the 90s. Um, And I always thought uh, it was, like, one of the scariest parts Mm -hmm. of those movies. Yes. Obviously, the miniseries had many more scarier parts (laughs) to it. But that was definitely, yeah, there was pounding, wondering where it's coming from. Yeah, and And it's just, it's it's loud. It's Mm -hmm. not like a, oh, Oh, like footsteps or oh like a door it's like just the like you're being beaten yes. you know by this pounding all around you on kind all of, these walls yeah yeah very aggressive and jolt because it's silent silence bam mm-hmm. bam 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 yes. and it's like puts you super on edge yeah um and then um suddenly after that the previously locked door that he could not open is standing open um <laughs> And he finds... Go investigate! Right? And he does. And he finds that the thumping is actually the aggressive rocking of a rocking chair in what turns out to be, of course, the nursery. Mm -hmm. So the room that he couldn't get into was the room where Jeanette killed herself. Um, Looking out the window of the nursery into the rainy night, he sees a figure climb up out of the muck of the marsh beside the cross marking where Nathaniel died. 
Um, downstairs, uh, the doorknob to the front door rattles, um, and when Arthur goes outside, he sees the woods filled with apparitions of dead children, including the one from the village the day before, the little girl that drank lye. Yeah. Did it did it show all the toys from hell, basically, that were in the nursery? Um, that, I, I, I mentioned those a little bit later. We've definitely seen those. That's been, like, an element of all of the long, creepy moments that he's had up until this point, but then they, they definitely play a part uh, very soon. Everyone's like, here's a nightmare, play with it. <laughs> right? Here's seven nightmares. Um, yeah, so, um, after he sees all of the ghost children in the woods and he goes back inside, he sees muddy footprints um, heading up to the nursery, which is completely trapped and all the little me- mechanical toys are going. So there's yeah. like the creepy little organ grinder monkey with his symbols and there's the clown that does flips and there's just like all these like fucked up like Victorian style toys. And they all cost like $10,000. Like, right? <laughs> no, they're at the highest quality <laughs> devil, devil, demon. Demon. You, demon pay, you pay extra for the demon inside. <laughs> Um, then Arthur also sees the apparition of Jeanette hanging herself. Um, he and the muck-covered Nathaniel appears to him as well. Um, Arthur is further beset by the spirits throughout the house until, thankfully, uh, Daly appears to take him away, take him back to the village. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't, you know, go into a lot of detail for it, but that whole night, I mean, it's just obviously a very a terrifying night for him mm-hmm. um, that just, like, gradually builds and builds and builds with all these things that he's seeing and the things moving in the house and the things out in the woods and everything so it's it's a not a great evening no the dog is like get me the fuck out of (laughs) here he's like well i put in my time i should at least deserve a place at the table with the twins (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) at least a sailor hat okay for sure for sure Um, Okay, so returning to the village, uh, Arthur and Daly find a house ablaze. Um, It's actually the solicitor's house and a mother screaming for her child um, who is still inside the burning house. Mm -hmm. Arthur bravely charges in to save the child, but finds her there with an apparition of the woman in black, and the girl deliberately sets herself ablaze. Mm -hmm. And she seems in a trance. Yeah, she like turns and she looks at the woman, the figure of the woman, and then she just drops this lamp at her feet and, Mm -hmm. and sets herself on fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Arthur comes to understand that the woman in black, who is obviously Jeanette, um, is, takes the children's lives in revenge. Um, and unfortunately, his own son is now heading this way on the train from London with the nanny. Little cute little blonde haired baby. Um, which, an aside, <laughs> one of the notes I read is that um, the, the boy that plays Arthur's son is actually... Um, uh, uh, and I can't, can't think, not think Harry Potter is <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's nephew. Uh-huh. Um, and Aww. he um, he suggested and pushed for that little boy to be cast be, for the connection to be more real uh, between the two of them as father and son, because they obviously were already they already uh, have that connection. Yeah, already right? cared for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the little boy's adorable. Oh, um, that's a cute fact. Yeah. It uh, doesn't look anything like Daniel Radcliffe, but uh, who knows? <laughs> He's supposed to favor his wife. But. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Um, so Arthur decides that the way to stop the woman in black is to finally retrieve Nathaniel's body from the marsh and and properly lay him to rest. Mm, makes me um, think of the ring. Yeah, it seems like a valid valid idea. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, Daly's like, well, they were never able to. And he goes, ah, but we had something they never had, namely Daly's automobile. Right. Um, yeah. and Technology so, will fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they use the car to, you know, with like a rope to pull the carriage out of the muck. Um, and Arthur finds the body. 
Um, and he uh, kind of goes through this a little bit of a ritual to try and reunite the mother and son's spirits because he's like, we can't just like bury the body. That's not going to be enough. Like we need to bring them together. Um, and so he lays Nathaniel's uh, mummified body. Cause it's like, you know, being in the marsh for all of these years, it's, um, it's not rotten, but it's mummified. Yeah. And, um, and the muck is very kind of like tarry looking. And yeah. It's weird. Kind of well, and it's kind of like there's, um, you know, there's actually those uh, true stories from England about like bo- bog mummies. Is that mm-hmm. what they call them? Bog bodies. Um. Something like that, Um, but it is um, like uh, there have been some like, you know, unsolved mysteries of identifying like, the you know, a person like there was a bog body that they thought might have been this woman who had been murdered and had never been recovered. But then they found out that the mummy was like hundreds of years old. I remember now that story. What was that on? That was a podcast. Um, I was on My Favorite Murder. I'm sure it's been on other ones as well. I remember now. Yeah, Yeah. that was crazy. That was Um, crazy. And really so, interesting story. Yeah, sure. I think that there's there's truth in the preservative nature of these bogs right. um, to yeah. to human corpses. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so Nathaniel's body's mummified, and so um, Arthur lays it on the bed, and he surrounds the body with all of the birthday cards that Jeanette had sent him over the years that his bitch of an adopted mother Alice never gave him, mm-hmm. um, and then also those fucking toys. <laughs> He's like, here, I'm gonna wind up all your toys and get them all going to try. And and like kind of summon their spirits and bring them together. Um, so the woman in black's spirit does frighteningly arrive and then seems to just disperse and, and leave. And so Arthur thinks that she's now satisfied. And um, obviously she was buried in that that little graveyard on um, outside the house. And so they open up her her coffin or her casket and they uh, put Nathaniel's body in there with her to, to re- fully reunite them. Mm-hmm. So Arthur and Daly are back in the village just in time to meet the train with um, his son on it. Um, and and he's like, you know, we're not we're not staying. We're going to go get the tickets. We're meet. We're going to get right back on this train and go straight back to London. Mm-hmm. Um, but mere minutes later, the apparition of Jeanette is back and Arthur's son sees her and is starts walking away onto the train tracks. Um, a train is arriving and Arthur leaps to save him. And after the train passes, the two of them are together and reunited with his wife in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So they are end up both being killed by the train. And um, and they see and and the little, the little boy is like, Daddy, who's that lady? He goes, <laughs> That's mummy. That's mummy. <laughs> walk away with the, the beautiful angel mother that has come um, to their like spirits. All the light shining. Yeah. I know. Um, so it's like sad, happy ending, but also clearly leaving Horrifying. it open that uh, the woman in black has not been satisfied. She has not, not been placated. subdued. Not placated. She is still pissed and killing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Meredith, so. did you think that this was scary? No. Aww, <laughs> not even a little spooky or creepy? No, I mean, I like the setting. I yeah. love it. I, I, Like I said, I'd live in that house if I could, minus the black water from the faucet. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I'd have a plumber come out. Yeah. <laughs> I love the style. I like their, the, you know, the moors or the, the bog or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah. I like, you know, the um, very haunted house feel. I just felt sometimes when you see her ghost coming at you, yeah, it just you know I don't like seeing all of it. Yeah, something. Although they did kind of show her in the shadows a few times mm-hmm. just in the beginning, but um, I think the reveal was too 
too soon. Too yeah, much. Yeah, and soon. she wasn't. She wasn't actually that scary once they reveal. I mean, and we know we said that a million times that that's the whole point when you reveal it. They're they're not that scary. But even just the way that they made her visually, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, yeah. It's I a, mean, it's a lady. Yeah, I, I I enjoy the story. I thought that it was a good endeavor for. Daniel Radcliffe after yep. Harry Potter. I thought, I feel, I'm like, you seem like a grieving father. Yeah. You know, it was convincing. Um, yeah. yeah he, he played the character well. So I thought it was, I thought it was interesting, but for me, I think I'd give it like a C. <laughs> yeah. That's C fair. plus maybe. Yeah. I think mo- but, probably most people. Yeah. I mean, I find it, I think that might like, for example, I would show it to Charlotte. She might enjoy it and, yeah. and think it's kind of fun. But because mm-hmm. I, I really do actually love all the creepy setting and the cards of her like ranting. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. Really, And the toys. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it helps a lot with um, just my general enjoyment of that staying in the house. I'm like, why are you leaving? Stay in the house more. I want to see more. <laughs> What's the basement like? Come on, go look. <laughs> you haven't even looked. <laughs> you haven't even looked. Like, what are we here for if we're not going to the basement or the attic? <laughs> There's Annabelle's got to be somewhere. That's we got to right. find her. <laughs> so did you think this was scary? Um, I I have a very fond memory of watching this the first time um, with my sister-in-law, who also very much likes scary movies. And she moved to Chicago um, many years ago. Um, I think maybe even before this movie came out, actually. Um, but it, so either it was right before she left or she was back to visit. Um, and we watched it together and we just really got into it and had a lot of fun. I mean, we were like doing Cockney accents and like kind of making fun <laughs> of, of Daniel Radcliffe a little bit. But yeah, this this is one of my jams, this spooky haunted house setting mm-hmm. um, that I just think is is so fun. And if you invest in the moment and let yourself be put on edge and be like, you know, holding your breath, waiting to see what's going to happen or what's going to be in this room or what's going to be around that corner. Um, it can be really enjoyable and spooky and creepy. I think you're totally right with like showing it to kids because mm-hmm. it's, it's the right, it's not just the level of scariness, but the type of scariness yes. that I think makes something good for younger viewers. And this mm-hmm. is, it's just spooky. Yeah. It's, it's not evil. It's not violent. It's just, it's creepy. And like, yes, the deaths of the children are upsetting. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the scary, the, the scariness, like you say, is the setting. It's the location. Mm-hmm. It's the environment that it's placed in um, that, that mm-hmm. I really, I, I did like a lot. Um, yeah, I love that. And I, I. I love, I loved those twins, the dog twins. Oh, the dog twins! Yeah, crack me up. I'm like, oh man, she's 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 something. Yeah. She's well, and I love that there's nuts. like this giant painting of their son up in that dining room that or the living room or whatever that she did herself, and mm-hmm. he was like, oh, you're very talented, and it's like the shittiest painting ever. <laughs> it's like not a stick figure, but he has like these are his eyes. Here is his nose. Here is his mouth. Like that kind of painting. Her governess. Did a shitty job teaching her how to paint. For real. And she barely knows French. <laughs> she barely knows French. Her knitting's atrocious. Yeah, it's embarrassing. That's why she has dog children now. Oh, <laughs> that's mean. Um, and then additionally, I had never seen until um, I was preparing for this recording the sequel, um, Woman in Black 2, which yeah. um, came out just two years later. So it was 2014. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe did not return. Um, but it was, they set it ahead during World War II. Mm-hmm. And so so the premise is that this young woman who works um, at it's kind of an orphanage, but also.
also it's um you know they have some orphaned children but they're also caring for children to like evacuate them from london during the blitz um when their parents couldn't leave leave. right um but they were like we can get your children out and so it was her and then um the actress who plays um um, Malfoy's mom in Harry Potter, Nar- Narcissa her. Malfoy. Yeah, yeah Helen McCrory, I think it is. Yes, yeah, she's in Peaky Blinders. She's yeah. in um, Penny Dreadful. She's she was in a lot of stuff. yeah. Well, she yeah. she passed away a few oh, she years did? ago of yeah um, of breast cancer. I think. Oh no! Oh, I didn't know that. Um, her husband is a pro- prominent actor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's redhead, he's gingery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in a lot of shows like. Um, billionaire or what's it called billions on showtime mm-hmm. um but they're kind of a actor power couple, power couple and yeah. she's very talented i i loved her yeah. in a lot of stuff but. oh you know what i do remember mm-hmm. when um she was in one of the terrible later frankenstein movies oh really yeah um <laughs> the but anyway De Niro one? no 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 like what, one, one of the good. <laughs> no one of the the bad later ones oh no that's um, a bummer but um, anyway, so she is like the elder woman that works at this um, orphanage uh, facility. And then there's a younger woman. Okay. And so the two of them are evacuating London um, to, you know, to flee the bombing during World War Two and taking all of these children with them. Um, and where do they evacuate to? The Eel Marsh House. Um, yeah, they had to use a lot of estates yeah. outside, that were outside of the cities, mm-hmm. and that tracks historically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and so like you can imagine, you know, where the story would go from there. Like uh, the one in black starting to appear and preying on the children, and uh, you know, long spooky walks <laughs> through the marsh and through the house. Oh my god, I want to do a spooky walk through the marsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. I, I liked the first one better. I yeah. didn't pay a ton of attention to the second one. I was just trying to get a gist for, you know, where they went with the story because I was feeling like what they were presenting as the scary element was pretty much the same. Right. Um, but it wasn't terrible. Okay. Um, again, I feel it like would, I saw it once. Oh, yeah? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The ending's <laughs> a little weird. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, I mean... Maybe it's. I guess it's worth a watch, sure, especially if you sure. like the first one. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that was that was Woman in Black too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there. I do like that whole spooky house setting, mm-hmm. and I guess it really is like n- not just to be facetious, but like it is a connection between these two movies of of that feeling that you get in a big empty house, whether it's yeah. an old Victorian spooky one full of it doesn't have to be full of evil mechanical toys. No. It can just be a big empty house, mm-hmm. especially one that's not your home. You're not familiar with it. Yeah. Um, like Sam was in the House of the Devil. Um, that's just that's a you. It's an easy like starting point. Mm hmm. You know, because you're already going to be creeped out. So anywhere you go from there, whether it's, you know, a woman in black or a a satanic cult, Mm -hmm. like you're already primed to be um, uncomfortable and fearful. Yeah. And, you know, her storyline in Woman in Black, um, the mother is... It's pretty realistic. I mean, it's stuff that's taken from history of things that actually have happened to people, Mm -hmm. like family members deem someone not Mm -hmm. capable of taking 
care of their own child. Oh, it's mine now. Yeah. I have. Well, a, yeah, uh, like know, pre-individual rights. Uh, right. You know, people did a lot. Like if you had money or if you had mm-hmm. clout or if you were a man, <laughs> um, right. you were able to do a lot of stuff that you would never get away with now. Yeah. And then in the 80s, satanic panic was a thing. People mm-hmm. went to prison for years because mm-hmm. of satanic panic and um accused of abhorrent things that Mm -hmm. weren't really happening because everyone got their pitchforks and were freaking out. Right. Uh, So that's really, really entrenched in um, real, you know, history to our American history in the early 80s. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I would say, think that Woman in Black is one of my tops. It's not, but Mm -hmm. I think I would 100% watch this with Charlotte. I think she'd like it. So, I'm not saying watch it, you'll love it. But yeah. if you like setting, if you enjoy that kind of mm-hmm. um, style, you know, it it'd be good for like a sleepover fun. too. I think mm-hmm. like a bunch of like younger kids watching together as a sleepover oh, yeah. at a sleepover. The middle schoolers, oh, watch yeah. it. You'll freak out or joke and t- joke enough so you don't get scared. Right? With yeah. Your you'll, you'll you'll joke about <laughs> Harry Potter to keep yourself from getting too creeped out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that makes me think of when I watched Haunting of Hill House in middle school with my friends. Um, the Hill House, you know, the 60s one, when we watched, I uh, watched it with them. Um, oh, just on, The Haunting. The Haunting, excuse okay, me. Okay, yeah. The Haunting, based on Shirley Jackson's novel. Right, 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 yeah. So that was, you know, we watched it, we like, you know, yeah. scared. And I remember, was, like, <laughs> clinging to my friend Heather while we watched that, and I was sleeping over at her house. She had a waterbed. It was so weird. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, that was the movie that we watched, and we were, like, squeezed into this big overstuffed armchair just clinging to each other, and I have such a clear memory of that pounding scene. Yes. And, like, we were doing exactly what the two characters were doing in that clinging scene, just, like, to- clinging to each other and, like, oh, my God. Really, this is when we die. Oh, my gosh. Well, we, I remember on the floor of this living room and our the friend I kind of didn't really know her very well but uh-huh. I knew of some of the other girls that were at the sleepover and they had a big painting that was like a portrait like very old looking and I was sure that was going to kill me mm-hmm. I was oh, like, absolutely. I, this is where this, this figure painting? Mm-hmm. in the painting looks at me and I die yeah <laughs> It was very Ghostbusters too. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna be killed. I'm gonna be killed or possessed. Yeah, I remember there was um, a, a girl I was friends with growing up whose birthday, and I still remember her birthday was December 13th. And um, there was one year where her birthday sleepover, I think, was on a Friday the 13th. Um, and her parents That's had is basically like I, I think it was the Prieta. Um, one of Michelangelo's sculptures, they had a replica of just the part of it that was Mary's face, and they had it mounted on the wall like a piece of art. And so it was like three dimensional, mm-hmm. but it was essentially just a like white, like ceramic or whatever face coming mm-hmm. out of the wall. Oh, cool! As a decoration, and I have like I this remember is where the demon lives, <laughs> right? This is the portal to the de- even though it was like it was the the Virgin Mary, like it obviously was not intended right. to be yeah. creepy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a face coming out of the wall, and the wall was just painted white, so it kind of looked like like when Freddie is like pressing through the ceiling above Nancy's bed. I'm like, that's what ah. it was essentially. Oh, oh my no. god! But I also remembered. Um, 
that uh, was telling these like childhood sleepover spooky nonsense stories. Um, we mentioned Teddy Ruxpin when we were talking about um, <laughs> Child's Play last time. Chucky! And yeah, I said yeah. that I had a Teddy Ruxpin story. Now, I didn't have the toy, but um, my story was that uh, I was sleeping over at um, my friend Hillary's house. So she's been my best friend since junior high. She's one of the ones I went to the zoo with yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we always, you know, watched scary movies together. I've always loved scary movies. And she had a Teddy Ruxpin. And there was one night I was sleeping over and we got ourselves all creeped out about the Teddy Ruxpin, that it was evil. It was going to kill us. <laughs> and so we um, took it out into their like, you know, formal front living room and they with like, that had the big picture window looking out to the street. And we put Teddy Ruxpin sitting in the picture window looking out in the street like, OK, he, we, he, we can't see his face. He's in the other room. We'll be safe if we leave him here. And then the next morning I woke up before her. I went out and I turned him around. Mm-hmm. So he was facing into the house mm-hmm. and I did not tell her. Yeah. And so then when she woke up, she went out. She comes running by. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's facing the other way. He turned around. I was like, what? He did what? And we freaked out together. Right. I didn't tell her for like 20 years <laughs> that it was me. I completely forgot about it. And then it was like literally we were in our 30s. And and she was like, remember that time that Teddy Ruxpin turned around? I was like, oh, dude, that was me. She's like, are you shitting me? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I can't believe I She'd never told you that. that story about her brush with evil for 20 yeah. years. Yep. For 20 years. Well, just lean into it. Yep. Just yep. so you can pretend it was you. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. That, that was totally me. I, yeah, no, I turned him around. Uh, yeah. And I think I, I had a Teddy Rex, but my parents are total dummies. They took me to the toy store to pick it out, to put it on layaway. Oh, my God. For Christmas. Uh-huh. We're going to get it later, Meredith. Oh, my God. I was like three. And then <laughs> I, like, you're going to wait for months for you this toy. You have to wait toy. a few months. And I was like crying. Yeah, because you were three. I was like, what's the deal? Like, why can't I have it now? Mm -hmm. And then I was crying. I remember being carried because I was crying. Oh my God. So that was your trauma. (laughs) That's your core (laughs) memory about Teddy Ruxpin. I was like, my parents are so stupid. Oh my God. It was 86 different times. You show your child, you're like, look at this shit. Well, you don't get it for a few months. So Mm -hmm. sorry. (laughs) Too bad for you. Uh You just put the tapes in the butt. Remember? Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> and he, he talks was, to you um, and reads to you. He was in um, one of the Paranormal Activity movies too. In Paranormal yes. Activity too, they had a Teddy Ruxpin. There was a part where yeah. he was in there briefly. I think as parents, we always all remember also creepy things happening with our children's dolls and things. Mm-hmm. Like Charlotte had um, a Woody, you know, Toy Story Woody, right. and he had the drawstring in his butt. And mm-hmm. I remember going in at like midnight because I heard Charlotte or something. I went into check and um, all I. I, they were fine. The kids were fine. And at the time they were sharing a room mm-hmm. and I looked over and, um, suddenly Woody goes, there's a snake in my boot oh, like in the closet. God. And I was like, I was like, you're, they're fine. And I left. <laughs> I'm out of here. Out of here. <laughs> Good luck with that kids. <laughs> Usually demons are cool with kids. It's the adults that start. Yeah, the adults that interfere. Start interfering, get into trouble. So I was like, this is fine. And I left, so... Well, I anyway, think that, uh, that's a good little additional chat of uh, creepy experiences <laughs> from childhood for the creepy. spooky season. Creepy. I know. So next time, I'm excited. I'm really excited. One. We're doing Pet Cemetery. I think this will be our concluding October. October. Yeah, this this will yeah. probably be our last October episode. So it'll yeah. be our happy Halloween mm-hmm. uh, uh, offering to you. Yeah. So this is from 1989. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
I'm excited. This one has always given me oh, it's like classic. stomach ache, mm-hmm. like anxiety, stomach ache. Um, no one ever does when I yell at the screen. I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and they never listen. <laughs> they never listen. And there's a few sequels and remakes. Yeah, there was a um, 2019 remake, and then there's the recent um, like Blood, prequel. Bloodlines. Prequel movie. I, I enjoyed. So. Yeah, and I'll be watching that one, too. I'm a big fan of the remake. I haven't seen Bloodlines yet, but I will watch it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we will... Um, I'm excited to talk about it. So. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, bye. Bye. Bye.